what's going on guys welcome back to a brand new episode of the bot talk in today's episode guys i have a couple of things to run through before the episode starts we have a sponsor and a couple of little updates i'll start with the updates i bought a brand new microphone this is the first ever time you guys are hearing if you guys follow me on twitter link will be down below to that you actually saw me set this up and spend time finding the right microphone i've got and invested in a really good microphone setup so hopefully you guys see a difference let me know what you think of that on twitter in the comments down below on spotify you can head to our twitter and let us know there if you're on the website you can let us know in the website comments as well and the second thing is that i'm running a different style of episode this episode i've reiterated a couple of times during the episode so sorry for repeating myself however i want you guys to let me know what you think of this style usually i stick to an interview style however this time i've gone ahead and changed it up i went a bit more free flow and flowed into conversation that is the feedback i got from you guys for season one and I want to start season two strong. So that's what I've got and done. Let me know what you think. Now, moving on to today's episode sponsor, we have Dropped Cops, which is an exclusive group with over 50 features, including revenge storms at $110, discarded off white, discarded Valone, bot flipping, blick flipping, drop info, pre orders premium guys and much more links to them will be down below i highly suggest you check them out guys without further ado let's jump straight into today's episode jumping straight into today's episode guys we have the gaming guy from the youtube section of the bot talk we'll be jumping straight into this episode i'm very very excited and just to let you guys know i'm experimenting with the new ways of doing this episode i'm kind of going with a freestyle instead of an interview style so let me know how you, what you guys think of it if you guys on spotify go to twitter and let me know if you guys in youtube let me know down below in the comments if you guys on the website let me know in the comments over there as well we're jumping in to the first question how did you discover reselling on buying so my one's a bit probably different to i think other people but i discovered reselling and then botting later on for reselling it's through my brother everything sort of for me uh is very much him sort of related to pretty much anything and it was probably in like 2015 or 14 maybe uh, I'd see him picking up things or he'd be getting packages in of things like Yeezys at the time when the V1s were being released of the 350s. And I, I like didn't know anything genuinely at the time. I was so just like out of it with things because I was doing my BTECs. And I have like pictures on my phone still of things when he wanted to like have a picture for like a sales post of something. And I didn't know that it was him reselling things. So I have like pictures of like the um, the Yankees box logo, a pair of uh, the Pirate Blacks, uh, an F1 Supreme jacket and all things like that. And I had no clue about it. So he's the one who sort of like put me into it, I guess, for the side of reselling. And as far as botting, I probably learned about botting, I'd say like two or three years ago which was again <laughs> my brother because he got subbot at the time when it was like in its prime sort of thing uh and he was using it for four in 17 for supreme and he literally checked out the Bolturo and the mountain parker that they released at the time uh, in the same car everything went okay and he just made like a ton off of it and he told me at the time to obviously get it but it wasn't really that sort of thing for me because I was still okay at checking out at the time with things um but I remember hearing about as well through like friends uh things like AI bot or AIO bot mm -hmm. <laughs> and Nike shoe bot and things like that I wasn't really too familiar until like last year or so or maybe the year before with like cyber and f3 and learning about bots like that um 
but at the time i remember like those two the aio and the nike shoebot being like the big ones that people were talking about and it really didn't like hit with me for anything i didn't really understand it i was a bit like naive with it i guess is the way to put it and um like most people when you hear bot you think of like oh it's cheating or something like that or it's doing another thing but yeah i really just had no clue about it and um moving back or switching back to the the reselling side to discover things about it i remember uh for the uk it's massive being crep city like was like the big thing uh and i remember him going to crep city with like 20 or 30 items and coming back with just like a handful of like just muddy basically um and he'd pick things up throughout the year that was supreme or yeezys or just different things at the time and then obviously flip them there and say that it's like an amazing thing uh and he'd save them throughout the whole year to then take them and sell them there but yeah for reselling i think that i was a bit late to it compared to others uh I know that some people said like they got into it maybe last year or the year before, but I think in like a big scheme, I got into things, I think in like the halfway point to where it was reaching its peak, I think. Yeah, I feel like with that answer, it isn't very typical. I feel like a lot of people do just see the market and go deep into it, go into Reddit, go into social media platforms, kind of go from there. But it's really nice to see that obviously your brother was doing it. And I can actually relate to that. I feel like with... When you see one of your siblings or someone you like you see on a consistent basis doing something you tend to get really interested into it you try to yeah. understand it yeah and i feel like having your brother him kind of helping you to do this yeah yeah and that led to you discovering the brand discovering the aftermarket and also going into bots and one thing i did want to touch upon is you did say about your brother going all to these uh, this event called Crep City, which is pretty popular in the UK and getting all this monetary gain. Is that something that you kind of liked and that's one of the reasons why you wanted to get into reselling or was that just like a bonus for you? Yeah, I think it was a, a cool thing that was going on because I'm not really a social person, you know, I'm not really that massive outgoing. But when I was seeing things like when you're when you're interested in something and you see that other people are interested in it, and it's not on a scale that is sort of overwhelming. It sort of made me interested in wanting to go to it or go to the event and seeing people that I sort of knew from like Facebook or knew through my brother who were then like there in person. And it's only, it's not ages away, but it's, it's only like two hours away to London or so to go and meet them. I think that when you add together sort of selling as well as meeting other people and meeting people you've spoken to online for a while, I think it just really piqued my interest in it. Yeah, I can also relate to that. Uh, personally, I went to SneakCon this year and uh, it was really interesting to see all the people that I met on Twitter, all the friends, going around London, going to this event, learning all these people, branching out with people, developing kind of my own brand. But in your shoes, you had no idea why you went to this whole event and it's kind of a good way to talk to people that are really interested and heavily involved in this industry. So it's really nice to see that you went there and you kind of developed an understanding and started your resale journey. We kind of swear away is nicely into the next thing I want to talk about. Why did you decide to continue reselling after a couple of first successes that you had? For me at the time, I wasn't massively successful at getting things or making like a ton of profit, I'd say. Uh, mine was very minimal, but because of the fact that I'd seen my brother sort of I'd say easily, but quite easily pick up like the, I think three colorways out of the V1 350s. He was like really easily able to get. And he sold one of them on. And then from the profit that he had, 
he was able to like keep the other two pairs as well as have some extra money to the side. So I think because of that, that sort of got into my head that even though I was making minimal profit and I was paying resale like on quite a lot of pieces and then still flipping them, making very minimal of like 20, 30 or 40 pounds profit on things. But I was still sort of getting some money in. And at the time, I guess the like small profit didn't really bother me because I had like two part-time jobs going on. And then when I ended with those, uh, I just saved and I wasn't really spending anything. So I was looking to make more than what I was at the time. Uh, so I think after the initial, like, I think I sold seven or eight things and ended up with like 300 pounds profit. I think after seeing that and comparing that to like what I made from like part-time jobs and things monthly, I think that sort of pushed me to want to try to get a little more like involved with uh, going for things and going for pieces. But I have been like terrible at trying to to pick up things to make profit. Uh, I've been so like unsuccessful over the years at like uh, reselling or picking things up. Like I remember they released the Supreme, I'm trying to think of their name, it's a sneaker, but the Sub-Tempos, that was it. Uh, they released the Sub-Tempos and my brother got a pair, my mum got a pair, <laughs> I didn't get a pair. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, great. So I think anything that involves sort of family related for me is just a bonus to sort of try and make some more profit off of something or almost try to like compete with my brother to try and get something, I guess. Yeah, one part of your answer that I really, really relate to is the part-time thing. Personally, I've never gone ahead and invested loads of time into a job. I've done a lot of voluntary work, but I've never... Basically, the decision that I told myself is that I want to make money. And like like you said, you said that with reselling, creating that money and something that you do like instead of running two part-time jobs with jobs that you might necessarily not like, it's more rewarding in my opinion like personally if i meant to go work on a part-time job and i earn like 500 pound a month but i do reselling and earn 350 pound a month i would prefer to do reselling just because it's something i really want to do it's something i'm really interested in and it allows me to develop my hobbies and gain me more monetary gain whilst investing in my interests so i feel like a lot of people do kind of battle with that i know a lot of people that do do reselling and do part-time jobs as well i know some people are solely dedicated to this so it's really nice to hear everyone's stories and also the uh sibling rivalry i definitely do think that does help it kind of motivates you to go for releases like it is an early release and you're both open you're both going for it you both can like relay off each other with information about how the site's developing how everything's going and I feel like that really does help but it kind of segues really nicely into the big question so guys as you guys know our guest is a youtuber now with the youtube topics on the show there's a lot to talk about so we're gonna get into it when did you start youtube so I started youtube quite quite a little bit of time ago actually I started in September 2012 uh which is quite quite a long time actually now I'm like I've thought about it over like the last couple of weeks and I thought like damn that really is a long time that I've I've like had a channel for. But yeah, I believe I was just starting. It'd probably be secondary school, probably like my first or second year in secondary school. Uh, I don't know how grading works in different countries, but it'd probably be like year eight for me. Yeah, that was really similar to me. I mean, I started around a very similar time. I was in YouTube since I was like 10, kind of on and off. And when I got into year seven and year eight, I started youtube fully developing content and one point i want to develop to all of you is right now is that 
99.9% of YouTubers you talk to, the content they started with will not be the content they're doing right now. The content they're doing right now might not be the same content they're doing in five years' time. It always changes, it always evolves, which is really interesting to talk about on the show, so I can't wait to get into that. But yeah, starting YouTube back in the day, seeing how it changed, I guess the next question to ask is why did you want to start a YouTube channel? I would go with like the sort of basic like everyone else does where it, I think mainly for the majority of the UK it would be like they watched KSI and people like that and that's why they wanted to start their own uh, but for me I think it was more so that again I wasn't massively outgoing uh, and in short that led to me not being too amazing at like socializing uh, probably still not great at it uh, but I just wanted like a platform or place to sort of meet others who are interested what i was interested in and just enjoy myself making like videos in short like just to have a nice time just to put out what i was either playing or doing just somewhere yeah i do relate to that i feel like when you're talking to a camera and loads of people that you don't actually know seeing it looking at that actual concept it would make someone awkward like if you actually think about it hundreds of people you have no idea how they're judging you or their opinion on you are looking at your content but you're still confident enough to talk to the camera because at the end of the day, the camera isn't a person. It's a piece of machinery and you're talking, you're creating all this content. And it did actually help with uh, how I am socially as well. So I feel like that is very common within YouTubers. You do it to try develop some confidence and it does relay into real life. So that is good to hear. Moving on to the next question. How was your journey from the point of you starting YouTube to where you are now? I'd say it's quite long, but uh, fun is, is probably my my like summary of it or my like honest opinion of it um there is obviously like where you said people see you and things and you don't know whether they're judging you or not uh or what they think of you or how they feel about you but at first when i was first making things and putting them out i was just pretty much putting everything like most people would i was going from like call of duty to minecraft to fifa to like random games on websites and just things like that and just going like a whole board of just random games and just everything and then I more so I guess tried to cater to a certain audience which at the time was following like I said the sort of KSI FIFA route of things uh, so I, I was a bit all over the place um trying to find like my sort of area that I was trying to fit into. I settled down for a couple of years within like FIFA and things like that. But I would say uh, it's a bit difficult in that area or within FIFA, I think specifically to sort of stand out from the crowd because everyone is trying to do not exactly the same sort of thing, but they're along the same sort of lines of what they're uploading is the uh, same sort of at the base. And it's just more so of the people being different and the editing styles being different that made them stand out. But I think that it's been a fun thing and like learning sort of experience to go through from like when I first started to now and all of the things that I sort of messed up on and then to things that I sort of have improved upon, hopefully. So, yeah. One thing I'm understanding from all your answers is like I'm talking to myself. It's really weird. I mean, <laughs> like we both started YouTube at a similar time and we've gone on this journey. I'm 
like you said, personally for me, I jumped through so many different games. Like I went from Call of Duty, I went, I like, I went to Minecraft, I went to FIFA, and I actually settled down with Call of Duty for a couple of years and made content on there. I developed around like 2,500 subscribers, and that's when I made the jump to my custom channel that I have right now. But I feel like with every single YouTuber, they do have that period of time where they like relay through all these different communities. You see video ideas from YouTubers with like 10 million subscribers. They think, oh, let me make these videos. They'll do well as well. And then obviously they don't. And then it's about finding that niche kind of area and creating a personality. Because I do feel like above all else, the two types of content that kind of sticks out on YouTube and actually gains views is either for your personality, it says engine based, keyword based yeah. content. Yeah. So like tutorials or like how to cut videos, those kind of stick out to people. So I guess that is one thing you have to kind of develop for your YouTube journey. And I feel like once a content creator does understand that, does understand how YouTube works, knows how to manipulate certain elements of their upload schedule to get the most views, then I feel like that kind of starts a path of creating somewhat of a successful channel like you have yourself. But moving yeah. on to the next question. Through this whole timeline of you creating videos, obviously you went from FIFA, you went from Call of Duty, you went through all the different genres and you settled down with the content you make now. When was the point where you started to realize, okay, loads of people are viewing my content and you're gaining all this popularity? Yeah, um, I'd probably say about two times I've had that, I guess, feeling or like thought that things have happened. Uh, one time was probably, well, it'd probably be about three or four years ago now was during FIFA. Uh, and I used to be quite decent at getting like players impacts and things. I was quite lucky at it uh, i noticed that those would do well but it'd be like a, a moment sort of them doing well uh and from there what i sort of segued into was once i got a decent ish player or something i'd then try and have some videos ready for afterwards to try and put in almost like quick succession to pick up after it and people still do sort of like road to glory type videos i noticed that they do extremely well so i followed with them sort of each year to sort of gain some traction um but not sort of on the level of what i had for when i first uploaded uh for week one i believe it was of spring summer 18 for supreme of a unboxing of my items and it had like i think you could probably add like the past 10 to 20 videos views together and that would be what that video got sort of thing um and yeah then i started doing the weekly like live cops weekly videos of just going through the drop lists and everything and then just mixing some different things in and they really just like massively took off and i was just like blown away uh and it it, it sort of shocked me as well uh that in comparison to the videos that were doing like 100 or like 80 to like 300 views and things like that and under like or like five to ten likes or so uh that these videos were hitting like 500, 1,000, 2,000 views and things like that. And I only made the switch really to clothing or streetwear type of content during uh, 2017 in about October, maybe September-ish time. Uh, and it took quite a couple of months uh, up until the February of when things sort of kicked off. Prior to that, for about six to eight months, yeah, I was probably getting like a hundred ish views and about five likes a video. So when things hit off, I really realized like, oh damn, something's going on here. And then when I got like a big item during a drop and I saw the video have like 
a thousand views within the first two hours yeah it sort of hit me as a this is unreal sort of what's happening and that's that was probably the point i'd probably say it was during mid fall winter 18 or so is when i truly sort of realized that things were like just going extremely well for me and i had videos just doing crazy numbers and i was literally every time i was uploaded or every time i did upload not every time i uploaded but uh and i saw a video get like uh i think it was 20 likes within 30 seconds or something for a live cop and yeah i was just i i hadn't had that before so for me that was the sort of point where i was just like this is happening i guess is the way to put it and that things are really kicking off first i have to say i'm very happy that that is happening to you after relaying through all these communities you finally found something that is working and a couple of points you did mention there about how uh, views generated from all this content back in FW18. I do believe that from all that, it kind of helps you create a content base. And I feel like people know you more than the live cops. There is a certain percentage of people that probably do come to your videos to watch you instead of the live cop. But one thing that is like quite powerful with uh, Supreme or any type of release in general, people like to watch it. It's a kind of a weird thing. It's kind of weird yeah. to think about why are you watching someone checking out uh, I am on a website, but <laughs> it's. Yeah. Like personally, I watch your content uh, when they do release it on my subbox, and I find myself looking at your content when I didn't go manual and I wanted to see how the site performed for manual users because I am a heavy bot user, as everyone knows, as most of my audience knows. And I know that your content is surrounded by manual kind of videos. So I do watch your videos when I want to understand how the site kind of performs because obviously with the EU sites recently, uh, it hasn't been the best. It's, no. <laughs> It's been a huge challenge to be successful on the website, so I kind of do watch your videos for that. But it's nice to see that obviously you're gaining all this traction, gaining subscribers and views, and I think it's well deserved. Thank you, I appreciate that. And yeah, I was going to say, um, I remember thinking back and like uploading the first one for like just the unboxing and being it was it was so all over the place and things and so almost vlog esque sort of like, and just seeing it. I think I think it ended on about 2,000 views in the end and I was literally just like blown away like the amount of motivation that some videos push people to get when they do things like that it's just crazy and it definitely did that for me in like a massive amount so but yeah I, I with the with the supreme recently I completely get why a lot of people also, like you said, would probably be botting and looking at things. And when you say like looking at videos, that's probably where a large percentage of the people are who are watching me. Because I know that a lot of Americans get up at like four or five in the morning, which I find baffling to uh, watch my videos just to see like the layout and see how things went, like you said, for EU or how they, they went for manual users. And yeah, that sort of fan base i would say or just sort of viewership that goes on on a weekly basis for me is just it can't be put into words you know like how much i appreciate it and just how amazing i guess is the way to put it, it is that that 
happens on a week-to-week basis. Yeah, I do feel like once the kind of whole reaction hits, you're gaining all these views on a consistent basis, it's a really nice feeling. But one topic I kind of want to pick apart here, obviously when you gain loads of traction on YouTube and you create this content and you know people are coming back to you, you're growing, you kind of prioritize your YouTube channel. You want to create more content, better content, invest money into it, basically make it part of your life to bring it to the next level. With that being said, did you notice any personality traits change or habits change when you started to gain this popularity on YouTube? Uh, not really. I mean, I am me, you know. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't think I've changed. But I mean, people who have watched me for like a year or two years might notice something, I guess, better than I can at this point uh, as to whether I've changed or not, or whether. Uh, my personality has changed at all, but I think I've remained the same. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think I've changed in that terms. But maybe people might be able to point something out better than I can. But as part uh, or as far as like habits go, I think that the habit for me is uh, nowadays is waking up early on a Thursday because it's almost like become like rooted in my brain I guess is the way to put it that I need to be ready for like the 11 o'clock drop with Supreme I need to be up early sort of thing and now just like every Thursday I'm normally up at like eight or nine or like seven or eight or nine just waking up just as a normal thing because I've been going for the drops for so long now I guess it's stuck with me but anything else I don't think there really is I mean I've prioritized sort of trying to get videos done or timing for things done but in general I don't think there's been any huge change to me I mean maybe in the future there might be something but currently there's like really anything that I can notice so far yeah I think that's a good thing I feel like some people do change when popularity comes that way personally the only changes I've made to my myself and my whole type of mindset is criticism I feel like receiving criticism with the when this in this industry that we are in you do need to have a type of mindset to continue and use it as a fuel of motivation so I feel yeah. like I think with your content compared to other content you're kind of safe because um from my experience when I do live cops with bots, I get instantly disliked because people yeah. are like... That is a great thing. Sorry to butt in, but that is a great no thing to bring up. Um, during 2017 and just maybe the start of uh, 2018, there was a guy called Ollie Kelly. I don't know if you remember or not or might know. Um, but he was, I think he was nearly about to hit or he did hit 10,000 subscribers and he was doing live cops weekly and things. He was decent. He was he went through the sort of stage of uploading two or three videos a week and then unlike boxing the pieces. And then he sort of kicked into doing one a week. And then towards the latter part, when I think people were getting a bit, I would say tiresome or just bored uh, of him only uploading once and they're wanting a bit more, a couple more dislikes were coming in, but I don't think it was affecting anything. Then as soon as, like you said, bots, uh, he advertised and used a bot and I remember the video having about 200 likes and about 600 dislikes. And yeah, he dropped off after that. I'm pretty sure that he's now a commentary channel with like 70 or 80,000 subs. But I, I don't know because I had someone bring it up a while ago and I was like, that is his voice. But I couldn't confirm it. So yeah, but hopefully he's still doing decent because he used to get a lot of things at the time. But yeah, as soon as he used the bot, that was it. Like basically that video and like the past three or four were just bombed with dislikes at the time. So yeah. 
Yeah, honestly, if you're not a bot user and you're listening to this, well, obviously, you understand that a large demographic of people that do go for these releases use bots. And basically how I started my channel is I told people from the start I will be using bots. I upload content around bots. If you don't like it, then don't watch my content. That's kind of the stance I took on it. Obviously, I didn't mean it in a rude way, but I just said if you don't like the content, it's regarding bots. So obviously, there isn't that whole experience of like refreshing, adding to car, adding to basket, filling out my information that you do. So obviously, it is a bit of a contrast, and I feel like people like to see manual cops more, but there is a certain amount of people that do like to see bot cops more. Yeah, I mean, there's a demographic for each in the end. Um, I think that if someone goes from manual to bots and doesn't say like ahead of time, I think that the audience might feel like betrayed, I think is the way probably that like some people have felt. Uh, but in your case, like you said, as soon as you say like, I do bot, you know, each to their own almost sort of thing, then it is what it is. But like Nova, for instance, so his channel is focused around botting and gives the insight for people who obviously do bot or want to bot i guess is the way to put it so for him the demographic i think is bot users but as well as manual users because we we are like a bit interested in like how the drops go for people who use bots i myself am that's why i watch like as soon as one of those videos from him come out i'm straight on watching it to see like what he was able to get or what he was able to pick up so something i did want to touch upon in this episode is going into creating a youtube channel in this dedicated section like obviously reselling clothes what are some of the things you thought that would happen or some things you, ha you thought you'd have to put in place that were completely wrong so going into it I think as far as streetwear, uh, I thought that I would, like most people would, you'd think that you'd be able to stand out from the crowd, like I've said before. Um, with streetwear at the time, I remember it not being too dominated with live cops. I remember there being like a set, say like 10 or maybe five or six people who were uploading live cops weekly, which were people like, I remember Boone being one of the main ones who I was watching before I even started my live cops and things and a couple of other people. But I think with it not being as overcrowded as like FIFA, because FIFA was like massively dominated and overcrowded with everyone basically wanting to upload and do well and uh, just sort of cover the scene, which I think was very hard to stand out in comparison to others. But I think more so with streetwear, because there are different opinions on different things, different style senses. Mine isn't the greatest. Uh, but as of that, you know, you'll, you'll distinguish yourself from others. I think currently with streetwear, pretty much anybody's opinion is wanted or needed because there are so many different takes on so many different pieces that people think are good or bad. I think that it's it's an area that right now is quite open for people to sort of try to join into. But I went into it with the mindset of like, not the greatest of like, oh, I can go for something every week and I can get something and then I'll be able to like sell it on at some point or keep it at some point. I ended up becoming quite uh, mixed up with items and way too many items and pretty much buying things that I wasn't too interested in or I wasn't too happy buying. Um, mm -hmm. which isn't really the greatest mindset like you know to sort of go into like it's almost like listening to someone say oh you should buy this because of this and you're taking on other people's views and opinions instead of putting your own first um, 
So I think as far as streetwear went for that, I was very much so I'll listen to other people's views and then think about mine afterwards, which probably wasn't the best sort of route to go about because nowadays I've sort of switched. And if I don't want to get anything, I won't get anything sort of thing. So, yeah, I think at the time I didn't really have the greatest uh, thought process. And that's why I went through money that I'd saved from part time jobs quite quickly. Um, <laughs> And yeah, but overall, I've sort of learned to sort of just go with why, what I like, like, and just leave anything that I don't dislike. And if there's criticism, like you said, people give a lot of criticism towards things. If there's criticism, there's criticism at the end of the day. And you just either respond to it or say, you know, you're going for it for this reason. Some people will agree with your reason. Some people won't. But that's it. At the end of the day, there are different opinions from everyone. And yeah, you just got to go with whatever you feel like. I feel like your answer there does go really nicely into the next mini section of us. A lot of developers, YouTubers, any type of individual that comes on to the show on whatever they're dedicated to can you talk about the positives and negatives with you running this youtube channel you touched upon criticism you touched upon obviously the whole popularity thing can you go into detail about the positives and negatives so for the positives i definitely say that for me like i said i've sort of garnered this amount of people percentage of like audience that uh come weekly and view weekly uh, to see the layouts and sort of the sellout times, how things went, whether things are laggy or how things are going. Nowadays, for the last couple of like seasons, uh, it's been more so that uh, we're more messed up in the EU than the US as far as things go, but they still come around mainly for the layouts, sizing and different things like that. And for me, like a positive of that is like I'll get a message randomly or on a social media or something and it'll be someone thanking me for going through the layout that week or on that specific day and they'll post like a picture of them being able to check out or have checked out an item and for me when someone almost shows like an appreciation that you've helped them I feel that there's like no greater reward then someone saying thank you and in return I normally just say thank you for watching and I'm just like glad that I can help out with things um but yeah sometimes also as far as like success and things go or getting things or being successful at getting things if I get something I do like almost to show off I guess in the sense of getting that big item or getting that main item I do like that aspect uh, of things um as far as negatives uh probably the the criticism that i think was biggest which didn't really bother me because it just didn't bother me was that i'm not the greatest uh staff sense as i've said um so within the streetwear area the sort of what you wear i guess people get fed up of seeing the same sort of thing or brands that they don't set as i guess being a good brand or something or a streetwear brand so i used to get a lot of things about that where people were just constantly going on about a certain tea or something that was being worn and it didn't really bother me to be honest because it's just a shirt at the end of the day and if it's the one that i've got out or something it's the one i've got out um some negative things are obviously like within live copying itself if you don't get an item or you weren't able to get a piece you do have a small percentage of people who are almost like spamming comments of like, oh, you weren't able to get this, but I was able to get this because of this and this reason. But I think overall, there haven't really been a ton 
of like negative experiences for me. Uh, I think sometimes not getting the hyped item sometimes ends with that. And the sort of transition where I said, where I went from going for pieces that people said, you know, were the biggest pieces or the most hyped pieces to then going for mine took, I'd say about two or three months for people to adjust to sort of my opinion of me going for things because I still have that like small minority that weren't really too happy with what I was going for. But overall, I don't think I've had like compared to others, probably as many negative experiences and you just go with it, to be honest, at the end of the day, you know, whatever happens, happens. And I think with like a lot of negatives, positives come out of them and the same thing, they work as like a yin and yang sort of thing. So touching on negativity there, obviously we've developed that a lot of negativity does come with live botting. A lot of people don't like it. And even with manual cops, a lot of people don't like it when you're going for certain items. One question that I'm very, very curious to ask you, obviously we talked about you getting into botting last year and how you develop your understanding about it with certain bots. Do you weekly use bots for Supreme releases on the side of going for manual releases or how is your kind of botting portfolio at the moment? Uh, no, no. I thought about that at one point in time. Like when I touched on again, Ollie Kelly, he used to do that, I think, and didn't really say that he was doing that. And then when he finally sort of announced that he was fully switching to bots, people were very like outraged of it and almost betrayed. But for me, I've, I've sort of got the side of botting uh, for a lot of the seasons or for a lot of the weeks from my brother because at the same time that I'd be going for a drop, he'd be going for a drop using a bot and we'd always see if, you know, I was successful, if he was successful. For a lot of the time when he did have sub bot before it was like went missing basically and disappeared, um, he was very successful and sometimes more so than I was. But more recently, I think because a lot of the bots that are successful cost a lot more nowadays, I think that he's sort of laid off of it. Uh, he did get a bot that I won't mention because it is, it's, oh, it's terrible because it was £70 with a discount code from a YouTuber for £10 off and it just didn't work. And I oh God, anyway. Um, <laughs> I think, I think, I think a good amount of people can figure that out. Yeah. I'm not going to um, say which one it yeah. is, but. I've, I've seen a lot of people advertise it and a lot of people I respect advertise it and it sort of puts a, a dampener on things when you look at the actual item and its actual success was just horrific for everything. There was, I remember seeing, I'll cut off of it quickly, but I remember seeing one checkout for the bandana box logo hoodies on their Instagram and that was it and that was meant to be a success so yeah I have thought about it though I have been like offered bots uh not anything on the length of like cyber or f3 or anything like that but I have had a lot of offers for bots and a lot of offers to, like advertise bots and then be given like a lump sum and then items or like 10 or so of this lifetime or like two lifetime or whatever to give out but to be honest it's never really tempted me because for a long duration of time during pretty much like spring summer 18 to like the end of fall winter 18 i've only i think took like three l's or something with supreme so i didn't really feel like i still don't really feel like i i need one to be honest when it gets to the point where it's probably like i can't check out or like there's just impossible like times or something then it might tempt me but i think for a lot of the time i think i'm okay as long as they're like 
monitors from like groups or things like that for drops or like items restocking i think i'll probably be okay to go manual and i think a lot of people probably will be as well but i know that a lot of people from this season already of supreme to like next season i've had like seven messages from people saying that they appreciated all the help with manual and things like that but they've bought so and so bot or like some people have like got f3 or cyber and things like that and i had about three people say that they got f3 on like their restock and that they appreciated everything but they're going for bots now so yeah i can understand the change i get it you know i see so many successes with bots but for me i think for the time being i'll i'll be fine with manual <laughs> Yeah, obviously that's a really nice thing to hear. It's saving you a lot of money because bots are very expensive. I mean, with botting, it's one of those things where if you're not copying uh, consistently and you're not making money, then paying for bots is a tedious thing. Like obviously there is renewal uh, services and obviously the aftermarket for bots is pretty big. Like Cyber, yeah. which touches over like $4,000, yeah. which is absolutely <laughs> insane. Like, put that into perspective, like $4,000, that's like a vehicle. It's just insane to think about and... Um, I feel like a lot of people do go down that path like you described about going from manual, getting sick and tired of L's, goes into bots. I have a lot of friends that are at that stage at the moment that went into bots just because of the fact that they're getting a lot of L's. But it's very nice to hear that because of your uh, consistent success uh, with uh, one couple of, a couple of weeks where you don't actually cop, it's nice to hear that you actually stick to manual cops. And if you're saving yourself money and simply getting that resale for yourself, then that's good to hear. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people will probably go to bots within the next couple of years because drops will just get more and more and more difficult. Like I took an L for like the entire year of like 2019 on any pretty much sneaker release and drop. Like I think I got two pairs which weren't massively hyped or anything in the end and that that was it. I entered basically like every raffle and everything possible that a manual person could do, but still just flopped when it came to the drops themselves. So one thing I did want to ask, I feel like with every YouTuber, it's kind of one question that kind of lingers in their mind when it comes to like the end of the year or when they're making content. How long do you realistically think you will be making content regarding reselling? I don't know, to be honest. I mean, I'd probably say as long as I can, like in the end, uh, but in general, yeah, I don't know. It, it might be until I get bored or it might be until I segue into other things. But for the time being, I think I'm okay to probably this year still go for Supreme and go for the drops and everything. I think it's as long as my interest is still there in the brand and everything, because as of the last year or so, I think a lot of people and with a lot of brands, I think it happens that one season, is like full of just bad designs and just lazy designing things like that and as of that people sort of leave that brand alone for a season or so and then the next season they might come back into things and go for things and yeah that's why for like the sort of winter time season for me personally i felt that like palace was better than the supreme season even though supreme added in a lot of their box logos and a lot of north face collabs towards the end but I think that in terms of just the design and the like difference of things, my interest in Palace peaked a lot more than it did for Supreme for Full Winter 19. Um, but for reselling, I mean, to be honest, over the last like year and a bit, or maybe just under that, maybe I'd say like six or seven months, the side of making like masses of profit off things has sort of 
dropped off a bit for me. Um, I think it's more so of trying for the hype releases. If I don't get them, doesn't matter. You know, it happens. I can always go for the next drop. Uh, and then I can always just sort of try and pick something up and sell it on at another point in time. I've had a lot of things now and still do that are just more long-term holding on to uh, the one-off sort of pieces that I've been able to get. Like I've been able to almost trade up to getting a piece that's worth basically, like you said, with cyber, like a car's value sort of thing, which um, came about from, I guess, fall into 17 when I first got the uh, Mountain Parker that was released. I kept that for just around two years or just under two years sold it during the summer that's just gone and then sold a couple of other pieces and from that profit was able to get the leopard nuts and for the price that i got that at it's i i basically could double what i paid for it sort of thing uh because it was just such a decent price so i think as far as reselling i'm more just getting pieces and then if i make a profit great if I don't, it is what it is. Um, and then if anything hype comes out that I want to go for, if a sneaker comes out and I get it, then once it's in hand, same with a lot of pieces, once they're in hand, then I'll decide if I'll try to resell them or end up just stocking them away like a large majority of things that I do. One part of your question that kind of intrigues me and it kind of fits in nicely with the final question of today's episode. You were talking about sneakers and going for sneakers. Is there any chance you would bring copying sneakers content into your channel? And also, is there any other content that you do want to bring into your channel? Yeah, 100%. Uh, I'd love to go for like every sort of drop. I've I've mixed in over like the last four months or so, like three or four videos of going for things, but not really as in-depth of like going for the like everyday type of drops. Because I know during December, I think it was, there were like, four drops in a row of just massive going from like Yeezy Reflectives, uh, like Nike or Nike. Uh, there was like a new balance drop and just everything like that that went on. And I sort of just went for like just the, the Nike drop that occurred. Um, so I think in that sense, I could probably like broaden my sort of range a bit and try for more things because I know that people offered like monitors and things like that for me to use to try to go for the drops and at the time i turned down uh when it was the reflectives and the non-reflectives in the black 350s that released a couple of weeks ago i turned down the opportunity for someone's monitors because i didn't realize it was the uh, reflectives that were dropping <laughs> and <laughs> yeah after looking afterwards i thought ah i've made a mistake on that one but um in general i'd, I'd like to mix it up and go into almost like what I uh, some of the people do where it's sort of going over what sneakers are going to release you know how you can cop what's the best way to cop and different things like that and if there are any groups available with monitors or services that can be used then obviously mention the above uh, as far as then other content I'd say that I'd love to go to the supreme store weekly to record the drop the, the only issue that I've had is that it basically clashes with my morning cops. So I think that the only way that I get about that is 
get the video out by the time that I do and then head to the store for the sort of afternoon time. I know that it's probably not as like the sort of peak duration of when people are there because I know that they go to like the resale park and things like that during the morning time. And I'll probably miss like all of the, the best moments, I guess you could say. But I think that it'd just be a nice thing to do just to go down and record the drop and see what people have got as well as having the sort of morning video as well as that I've wanted to do like just going out into the public and recording getting like opinions of things or asking about streetwear or just asking whether they know specific brands um the only thing that's really in the way of that is just getting another camera I guess is the way to put it because the one that I've looked at and wanting to get is a Sony a7 or one of like the a7r or so which if people don't know they're about like one to two and a half thousand pounds um and that's without a lens that's normally just like the body by itself you can get like used ones and things probably within that range but yeah their price is a bit up there so I'm just waiting for the point of which I have that sort of two happily use to get you know a camera and things and then i'd love to just yeah go down to drops and just do more public type of things um but yeah that's that's probably it i don't think there's anything else that i really want to do i mean i want to do more things related to streetwear instead of just limiting to supreme themselves so hopefully over the next couple of months i can introduce that as well and just sort of up quality on things as well but yeah, that's probably what I've got in mind for the future, to be honest. Well, guys, if you guys are watching the Gaming Guys content, there's a lot coming for you guys. And to finish off today's episode, I want you guys to go into the description and go and subscribe to his YouTube channel. He has very, very good content. That's why I reached out to him. That's why I got him on the bot talk. He has very good content coming, as you guys just heard. It will be definitely worth a subscription. That's the end of today's episode, guys. If you guys did enjoy, please drop a like, comment down below your thoughts on the new style of the episode. Let me know how you think. I'll be running a poll on my Twitter, deciding which type of style we want to go with, interview style or free for style that I've tried for this episode. And also, if you guys are new, please consider subscribing. I'm going to catch you guys next time. Peace out.